But today's Homeowner Radio Podcast is brought to you by The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Welcome to today's Homeowner with Danny Lipford, your partner in home improvement. Everyone has questions about their home. We've got the answers, and we have a few laughs along the way. Informative, entertaining, and sometimes off the wall. Home improvement has never been this much fun. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this hour of today's Homeowner Radio. And it's going to be a jam-packed hour full of the most practical, most realistic, and current home improvement information you're going to find anywhere. We sure want to hear from you, and you can pick up the phone and call us anytime, 800-946-4420, or send us an email. We've got some great emails this week. We appreciate them. Today's Homeowner.com slash ask. I'm Danny Lipford, along with my buddy Joe Truini, and uh, I tell you, we have had a lot of great calls this week, and we have a number of them right now we want to tackle. Hi, Danny and Joe. I enjoy your show every Saturday morning. Uh, Would you please repeat uh, the asset that you can use that uh, takes up paint drips? Years ago, we had the house painted, and um, the little guys dripped paint all around, and one young man, the supervisor, had something in a bottle, and he just sprayed it and the paint was gone. You mentioned it some months ago, and I was half asleep and didn't get up and write it down, so I forgot. Please enjoy your retirement. You get to do some things you always wanted to do. I retired about 10 years ago, and uh, I'm enjoying mine. Always though something to do around the house and in the house. Thank you both again so much for a wonderful show. Well, we certainly appreciate oh, thank that. You. What a, Sorry we're putting you to sleep, but other than yeah. that, thank you so much. <laughs> what a nice, kind, kind yeah, email, we, uh, uh, voicemail. We appreciate that. And uh, um, well, I'll tell you the um, uh, I'm not sure of the of the type of concoction or whatever that the painter used for it. Right. Um, I, I know there are some commercial acids that are out there that are really caustic and really don't need to be in any homeowner's hands because I've seen some um, some bad situations on that, but. But, Joe, you know, the, the Goo Gone, because most everything's right, yeah. latex now, and the things like Goo Gone, Goof Off, all those funny names, yeah. uh, generally work very, very well. However, when they're there for a little while, it makes it a little more of a challenge to get that dried paint off. Yeah, and we're not exactly sure. Maybe I missed it, but I wasn't sure what they dripped the paint on. But, yeah. you know, assuming it's a concrete surface, maybe, or asphalt. We had a call just a week or two ago um, with the same problem. Paint got spattered onto concrete. And uh, you can certainly use a liquid or a gel-type paint stripper, you know, citrus strip kind of product we often recommend. But if you want to try some homemade solutions, Danny, I understand you can spray it with WD-40, wait mm-hmm. a few seconds, and then use a stiff like an old toothbrush or something like that. Um, denatured alcohol also works on removing paint. Um, in extreme cases, you can get a um, graffiti remover, but that's only if you have like large swaths of paint you need to remove mm-hmm. from a surface. So I would think I would try the WD-40 or the denatured alcohol. Um, I'm not sure what acid she's referring to, but th- those would certainly be a less toxic way to do it. Now, we have mentioned from time to time um, muratic acid, and that's used yeah. primarily to remove um any kind of mortar or concrete off of surfaces. And again, it's pretty, it's pretty strong. You got to have a lot of safety equipment to use that. So, um, and, and I'm not really sure that will be as effective as anything else to remove drip paint. I think that's primarily to attack masonry material. 
Right. And plus the muriatic acid, like you said, I mean, it's really very corrosive and toxic. Oh, yeah. I think they actually make a less toxic version. I think I remember seeing in the in Home Depot, there's a muriatic acid. That, I, I think it's yeah, I think it's called like a sure clean, maybe is what it's yeah, called. Yeah, that's I know the we brand I use think. that from yeah. time to time. Okay. All right. Well, hopefully that helps you. And again, thank you so much for that that kind of message to us. And I am gonna enjoy my retirement and I'll be busier than ever before. Let's go back to the hotline for another call. I live in an old house, or this plastered house about a hundred years old, and the ceiling is cracked. Can I grind that down a little bit and did go over that with the drywall tape and tape it and smooth it out? And will that still expand or will that seal that up? Thank you. Well, I've done that many times, and the sheetrock pros always tell me to use paper tape instead of the fiberglass tape. You would right. think the fiberglass tape's more flexible, but they say that the um, expansion and contraction can still take place under the paper tape and will not transfer through. So absolutely, you can get a, a pole sander like the drywall finishers use, get you an 80-grit paper and sand that down, and then retape everything. You might want to put a slight texture over that just so that it blends in well, but I've done it many times. Another option is to use quarter inch drywall and just veneer over it and then you know for sure that you won't have any of those problems again. Of course, those screws will have to go up through the plaster and into um, the, the ceiling joist to really make for a really good long-term fix for that. Hey, let's go back to the hotline for another call. Hi, Daddy and Joe. Really, really, really appreciate your show. I've been listening to you for quite a while. This is Bill up in Carroll, Michigan. I don't know if you've ever thought about it, but our country is in pretty rough shape with division. You two, working with the building trades, amazingly have done a lot, I think, to heal this nation of its not willing to uh, work with each other. One coming from the south, Danny, and, and Joe coming from the north, and as good as you guys get along, and uh, whew, what a what a refreshing thing you are to to listen to. I, I just love it. I really go to miss you. Did a great job. Thanks a bunch. Bye-bye. Wow, man. Wow, thank you, Bill. Yeah. How do you like that? We really appreciate that. Joe, Joe and I always have thought about us, you know, um, living and growing up in separate areas of the country. Yeah. It's a unique perspective. I'm not sure on the healing the nation part of it. We appreciate that. But the um, aspect of, you know, what do you do in really cold, harsh climates? What do you do in hot, um, warm climates? Um, you know, uh, it, it is a, a, a different world um, when you're talking about home improvement. And so I really appreciate you taking the time. And we would love to hear from you. I mean, you don't, just like that, you don't even have to ask us a question um, and you don't have to necessarily, you know, give us a great compliment, but we'd love to hear from you as we're still on the air over these next uh, 12 weeks. And uh, you can do so, of course, by going to uh, 800-946-4420, 800-946-4420 is the Today's Home on Our Hotline. Leave us any message that you would like. Actually, uh, well, speaking of that, here's that? a very unique message that came in that was shared with me by Brad, our producer, that we wanted to play. Let's let's play that fourth one. I was a cab driver here in Mobile at Regional Airport in 96, 97. There was an experience I had with Danny when he was first beginning some of the stuff that he's ending now. <laughs> he was getting off of a flight going to the parking lot to get his vehicle. And I was the only cab out there that particular day. Looked like he was kind of disgruntled. I spoke. 
because I recognized his faith. Out of all of his disgruntledness, he turned and spoke. He came and shook my hand. But that was a story I just had to pass on to him. I don't know if he even remember that. Thank you. Well, I appreciate you taking that time to call. I probably wasn't disgruntled. I was probably travel weary. I'm uh, when I when I've when I've come through that airport um, so many times, uh, hundreds and hundreds of times, over two million miles I've flown, and coming and uh, you know it's it's like uh, the old uh, country saying about smelling the barn. You know, you're almost at the barn, almost home, and right. so uh, I was probably tired, but I'm glad you said hello to me. I appreciate people that reach out to me, and and uh, everybody has uh, questions about their home. Everybody, you know, would like uh, to ask a question here and there, and I'm always happy to, to, to share what I know about any particular part of the home like that. So I hope you're doing well, and I certainly uh, appreciate you uh, calling in and uh, Joe, it's it's amazing over the over the years, all the yes. uh, thousands of people I've run into in just every part of the country. Yeah, but Danny's being modest here. More importantly, is you took two seconds out of your day just to stop and say hi to this guy and shake his hand, and and you know, it doesn't seem like it means anything, but here he is, you know. 25 years later, whatever it is, you know, that he still remembers and it meant something to him. You know, that's why I can never understand why, you know, movie stars or especially athletes, they can't take five minutes out of their day to go up to a kid, you know, who's wearing his jersey, Mm -hmm. you know, to give him a Mm -hmm. ball or to sign something for him, you know. So, um, yeah, so good for you. And and Danny is the most memorable guy. I've tried forgetting him and I just can't. (laughs) I just keep showing up. I understand. (laughs) But we do appreciate all those great calls and all the great emails. Hey, we're going to roll along with the show. We've got a lot to share with you coming up. We're going to be talking about Titebond and all the wonderful things they have happening. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Today's Homeowner is brought to you by Pavestone, creating beautiful landscapes, and by Quickrete Cement and Concrete Products. It's what America's made of. And welcome back to the Today's Homeowner Radio Show. Danny Lipford here, and we have two special guests to talk about caulks and sealants. And, of course, I'm talking about our friends at Titebond. Mark Schroeder, who's the Vice President of Marketing, and Bob Banky, who's the Manager of Technical Services. One of the things I always liked about Franklin International is it's America and an American company and everything being made here. But give us just a little bit of a history lesson on Franklin International. Hey, Danny, appreciate the opportunity. And you know, you know Franklin International well, as we've talked about many times over the years. It's an American company. Um, all our products that are sold here in North America are made uh, right here in Columbus, Ohio. And uh, we think one of the neat things and unique things really in this day and age about this company is that it remains and always has been a family-owned and operated and privately held uh, manufacturer, in fact, the largest of its kind uh, in in the country. The fourth generation of ownership is is now on board, and uh, 
you know, continuing to drive things along after over 85 years. Well, you know, that's so important to so many people these days. And, and of course, Titebond's name recognition is unbelievable with all of the different uh, glue products. With uh, Everybody remembers the Titebond original, which is still doing very well, Titebond 2, Titebond 3. But also, over the last few years, big growth in all of the caulks and sealants. And I mean, some of the best I've ever used. You guys are cranking it out. Yeah, we appreciate that. And I think, uh, you know, one of the things that we're proud about uh, in this product category is we hear a lot of, uh, you know, questions from customers, from people that are familiar with uh, the brand and with wood glues, but are now learning and becoming more familiar with the fact that we're really a player when it comes to caulks and sealants and, and have quite a an offering uh, of different options that kind of run the gamut uh, with all kinds of different uh, technologies that are available. Now, now, Bob, tell us about the uh, um, the Weathermaster sealant. I have, I've heard so many great reviews on it, and, of course, our team used it quite a bit. Pretty amazed at the flexibility, and, 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 and plus, when you use it, you think about a million different things around your home you could use it for. Tell us a little bit about Weathermaster. So the Weathermaster is designed to really bond to any surface that really you're going to come across as a homeowner. Uh, it's easy to extrude, so it's easy on the hands if you're, you know, a homeowner who doesn't do it for a living and doesn't have Popeye forearms. <laughs> so it's designed to extrude easily, uh, designed to tool properly. And, mm -hmm. and so we have many colors to match any siding that you may have on your house. So. We offer plenty of colors, too. Well, that's that's something that we've talked to a, a lot of homeowners about because a lot of times people just think white caulk, that's all you get. But um, but when you do caulking around the outside of the house and you're wanting it to blend in, boy, what a luxury it is to have that abundant list of colors that you can choose. And you guys were, were pretty sympathetic about choosing colors that were the most common. So I know that that has worked very, very well. But tell us about some of the new things. You guys always have something back there. I almost feel like I need to whisper this. What What's coming up, guys? What's coming up? Yeah, you're exactly right. We've had several uh, new products hit the market here in the last year, and that continues uh, rolling on into, into next year. And one, and one of the items that we're excited about because we think our customers will be excited about is a product called Tight Grab Plus. It is a multi-purpose, multi-use construction adhesive uh, that can be utilized for various applications for interior and exterior use. And, you know, it's got some uh, unique characteristics in terms of its actual, you know, technology and chemistry that help make it a beneficial product. Yeah, so one of the, one of the big benefits is, is that it will hold about a three-inch bead, will hold about a pound of material in a vertical application. Mm -hmm. And so instead of having to kind of brace things in place, in a lot of cases, you put enough adhesive on, put it in place, and then you can let go and move on to your next piece that, that goes on. Yeah, well, I tell you, uh, so many homeowners, even those that are just starting to get into a little do-it-yourself projects and so forth, are realizing the benefits of using what the pros use. And, of course, that's been the case with Tight Bond products all of these years. And this is another good example with Tight Grab Plus, being able to use something that you know is going to work that's not, let's say, watered down. So Yeah, you were talking about Cox and Sealants, and we've got another addition to the, that lineup that's uh, just out recently, too, and that one's called Tight Shield. 
Uh, and Tight Shield is an acrylic caulk that is primarily uh, intended for use around windows and doors and is hitting the market soon. And that also has uh, a bit of a somewhat unique characteristics in terms of its technology and whatnot, given that um, tooling ability, as Bob uh, has alluded to with some of our other products as well. Yeah, and also the, the UV resistance of the product is, is tremendous. Again, we, we have a number of colors that we'll be coming out with on that particular product, and it actually stretches very similarly to the uh, WeatherMaster product. That all sounds great, and for more information on any of this that we've talked about, you can head over to tightbond.com, and you can read all about it and find out where you can buy it for your next project. Uh, Mark, Bob, thanks so much for being with us, and I uh, hope you have a great week. Thanks, Danny. You as well. We sure appreciate it. Yeah, Tight Bond has been around, Danny, since 1935, so they certainly know their business as well as anybody. And not only do they make a large, a broad expanse of products from professional products and caulks and glues for the do-it-yourselfer, but it shows that this is really an engineered product. You might think of glue as just being a commodity, but they specifically engineer it for specific tasks. So if you've got something to glue together, Tight Bond has a product. I know, a great company. I'm glad to be associated with them. We're going to go right back to the hotline right now. Uh, Nancy's on from Michigan. Nancy, welcome to the show, and uh, tell us what's happening at your house. Thank you. Good to talk to you. Okay, so um, we had purchased our home five years ago, built in the 50s, hardwood floors. The previous owners at some point had put in, looks like, six-by-six ceramic tile on the floor on a diagonal. and we want to do redo the floor, but we hate the thought of tearing that up and wondered if we can do the planking, the vinyl planking floor over it. Okay. Well, uh, you can you can install flooring on top of flooring. Now, this is in a bathroom floor. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, obviously, it would have to be waterproof, um, which is probably why they put tile in the first place. Well, this, now, do you, is this on a hardwood floor? Uh, excuse me, a wooden floor? Or is it concrete? You know, underneath i'm not sure because it's actually there's a threshold they have like an oak threshold right. is yep. what i'm calling it and so this bathroom floor seems to be up a bit higher than the hardwood floor it's not like you could just roll right into it you know right right yeah so i think there's something under it and i don't i thought about maybe trying to chop away a piece of it to see what's under there but Right, but the home the home's not sitting on a concrete slab, right? The oh, floor is no, not. No, we're on a basement. Right. Yeah, okay, we're that, on a that, basement. that's what I was asking because it's a lot easier to remove tile from a wooden subfloor than a than a concrete. In any case, we usually recommend removing it only because it often creates height situations where you're adding another layer on top. Okay. Of it. If you go to vinyl, like a, a luxury vinyl plank or something like that, it would be very thin, and you might be able to get away with it. Um, but regardless. If you do go over it, you'd have to smooth it out. You'd have to get some kind of underlayment, which is like a, a very thin cement, for lack of a better uh -huh. word, and float that over it so you fill all the grout joints, right, because you want a perfectly smooth surface, because otherwise it'll telegraph oh, through the I new understand. floor. Right. Okay. So, okay. so I would I would probably recommend removing it so you have a nice, clean surface. If you do want to go over it, you can, but you have to fill all those grout joints first. Okay. Um, any chance I could ask you a quick question about some wall anchors in the bathroom that were removed? Uh-huh. Go ahead. So uh, there was a, a towel bar on the wall, became loose. We took it down. The wall anchors came out, and we put some patching compound over that. And it was fine for a while, but now it's like 
puckering out almost, or the paint has cracked, and you can see where we had patched before. And these weren't huge wall anchors. And is that in drywall or plaster? Yeah, drywall. Okay. Well, you could just sand those down a little bit in order to smooth it out. And then if you need a little bit more in there, just make sure it's dried completely, and then you can lightly sand it again before you uh, repaint it. But uh, you can camouflage it to where it just completely disappears. just takes a little bit of finesse in order to do that. Hey, thanks for being with us here on the Today's Homeowner Radio Show. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. Today's Homeowner Radio. Here are Danny and Joe. Hey, welcome back to today's Homeowner Radio. We certainly love all of our wonderful stations all over the country. You know, I thought about one time uh, getting in the old motor home and go to every single one of them. I realized then it would take me almost eight years to do that. Uh, and the one that I'm going to mention right now would be a little hard to go to on in a motor home because it's in Waialuku, Hawaii. And yeah. that is K-A-O-I AM 1110. And we certainly appreciate um, everybody listening around there. We get a lot of uh, emails from, from Hawaii, a lot of people inviting us out there and boy is that ever tempting to to make oh, that yeah. trip beautiful place and since i'm uh, slowing down and retiring a little bit i'll be headed out there for for sure hey we're going to go right to the today's homeowner hotline and see if we can help laura from ohio laura welcome to the show and uh tell us what's happening at your house oh hi good morning um well i have um uh, a fungus from my mulch it's it's the triple shredded mulch and uh it shoots these black the spots onto my house, my fence. If a car is near, yeah, uh, it, it does that. And uh, I guess what it is, it's spores uh, that comes from the fungus that's created in the in the shredded mulch. And this stops uh, when it's over seventy-eight degrees, but it, it'll shoot as high as twenty feet. And that's I've right. tried yeah. everything. Uh, it, it's just a, it's just like a little brown or black speck. I've tried everything you can imagine to uh, clean it off, and I've tried to investigate it. I can't find any answers, um, you know, to to take care of it. So I'm hoping you can find an answer. Well, it is something that we are familiar with, and uh, I remember a few years ago when we did a little research on all of this. Pretty, pretty amazing kind of science fiction, science it's amazing, kind of right? strange yeah. stuff, and all that yeah. like that's floating and waffling all around us. Joe, what what do you recommend to Laura to kind of um, control this this funky virus? Yeah, it's called artillery fungus, right, Laura? Because it actually shoots out. For people who aren't familiar, it comes from um, mulch, you know, wood uh-huh. mulch. And you've got the triple shredded, which is about the worst type of mulch you can put down if you're concerned with artillery fungus. Because yeah. if you have, like, larger pieces of, of mulch, like pine bark or other bark, those bigger chips don't break down as quickly and that the fungus doesn't grow as quickly. And so you have less of this artillery fungus, sometimes called shotgun fungus. Um, but in any case, the and, and this is virtually impossible to remove. The little teeny black or white dots, it's almost impossible uh-huh. to remove, especially from vinyl. And the only thing that I've heard that works is scrubbing it with a magic eraser. You know those um, Mr. Clean magic erasers? You dampen them first. You always use those wet okay. or, or at least okay. damp. And those, will you can't power wash them off. You can't scrub them off any other way. Um, right. And the way to avoid that is either use pine bark or larger bark chips 
or just turn the mulch every two or three months, which is a big pain in the neck if you have a lot of mulch. Or what I'd recommend is don't put mulch down at all. At least don't put down wooden mulch. You can put rubber mulch or something like that. Because uh-huh. it does, as you said, it can literally shoot these 20 feet in the air. And, that, and you see them on, on cars and on fences and houses. So um, that's the only thing I know is that try the magic eraser. You know, I I have to tell you, though, I have tried Magic Eraser. Um, I've tried, the thing that I've tried lately is uh, fine steel wool bug and tar remover. But then I have to be careful because if I use that on my frame of my windows, then it starts to take the paint off. It will, and it'll dull the surface of the vinyl fencing or siding you have, too, because it's going to take that that sheen off of it. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. There's, it's, it's such a crazy thing. As Danny said, it, it's, it's like uh-huh. from science, it's like a science fiction experiment gone wrong. Yes, it is. Okay. Well, thanks for talking with me. I'll, I'll try it again. Maybe I didn't wet the magic eraser. You um, have to really scrub. It's a lot of elbow grease, unfortunately. A lot of el- right. Right. Okay. All right. Well, we certainly hope, hope that uh, fungus gets better there. And uh, it's always one of those really, really strange things. But thanks so much for being a part of the show this week. Oh, thank you very much. Great talking with you. Of course, it is fall. And one of the things that we always want to share with you is our Four Seasons of Home Ownership Fall Edition. And we'd like to share with you some of our top 10 recommendations. They're fairly simple to follow along. Number one, we recommend that you replace those air conditioning, heating system filters, vacuuming the areas behind the filters always very, very important. Doesn't take long, but that's something you should do at least every two or three months. And next on that list is clean and inspect your gutters and your downspouts. Uh, you never know, um, you know, with the rain and, and all of the leaves ahead, you want to make sure they are working really well. And speaking of leaves, you want to rake the leaves off your lawn because if you leave leaves on top of the grass, it'll smother them, create fungal diseases and kill your grass. So you definitely want to rake them up. Um, And also you want to drain the gasoline from your lawnmower and get the engine tuned up and the blade sharpened. Now you might wonder, why am I doing it now? I'm not going to need it for several months. Yeah, perhaps, but this way when spring comes, you'll be ready to go. And if you don't want to drain the gas, Danny, what I typically do at the end of the season, I just run the lawnmower dry. Just run uh-huh. it until the gas. That's always best. Uh-huh. Yeah, run out the gas. This way all the gas gets cleaned out of the carburetor and the fuel lines and then store it away. That's very important. Now, by, by the way, you don't have to really write all of this stuff down. You can go and download everything by going to todayshomeowner.com slash four seasons. Another one on the list, number five of the top 10, is install your storm windows and storm doors. Some parts of the country, people remove these and put them back on. Now would be the time to clean them, put them back on, and get ready for the cold weather ahead. Also, it's time to drain and flush the water heater. This is the one time of the year that we recommend you do that, and it doesn't have anything to do with fall or winter or anything else. It has to do with maintaining that water heater as it should be maintained so that it'll last you a long, long time. We also recommend testing your smoke detectors and your carbon monoxide detectors typically twice a year including in the spring Uh, so they all have test buttons so press those buttons and make sure they work and it's also a great time of year to inspect the weather stripping and caulking around all doors and windows because you don't want that cold air blowing in and if necessary you know pull out that caulking and replace it and the weather stripping same thing and a little tip is if you're replacing weather stripping Take out the piece of the old weather stripping with you to the hardware store home center because when you get there, you're going to see dozens and dozens of styles. Mm -hmm. This way you can use the old one to match the new one. 
Good advice on all of that. The last couple that we want to share with you here is to make sure you check your um, lawn irrigation system and drain it. You won't be needing it, so uh, drain it so that you won't have any freeze damage on that. And check your insulation up in the attic and see if you might need a little bit more. This is the time of the year that you can really realize the benefits of the insulation. Again, you can go download this at todayshomeowner.com slash four seasons, and we appreciate our friends at Home Depot for making this all possible. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Today's Homeowner Radio. homeowner is brought to you by Deitch Coatings. Easily roll on your new stone countertop, garage floor, and more in just a weekend with Deitch. And welcome back to the Today's Homeowner Radio Show. Danny Lipford here along with my buddy Joe Truini, and we're going to go right back to the hotline. We're going down to Florida. Alice is on the line with us. Alice, welcome to the show, and tell us what's going on in your garage there. Thanks so much, Danny. Really love uh, love the show with you guys. Yeah, appreciate it. Uh, quick question I have is: We're doing a renovation um, in a single-family home with an attached garage, um, and the problem we have is the garage smells really bad of mildew, and it's very damp. But there is no mold, you know, just anywhere. And everywhere I've looked, there's all kinds of solutions: you know, industrial fans that run 24/7, a window air conditioner, a ducted AC system just for the garage, mini split, sealing the garage floor. There's been so many things I've read. But nobody's really said this is what you need to do. Um, and I'm just kind of wondering if you guys have a suggestion or if, if those really are the only options. Alice, are you converting this to a living space or you just want to keep it as a garage? Yeah, it's just going to be a garage, but it smells really bad. And I want to be able to store some things in there sure. and, and not okay. have them get ruined, you know? Okay. Well, um, I, I'll tell you, I've been in that situation. I agree with you. Every time you walk in there, you kind of cringe just at the, the smell of it and everything smells old and so forth. So here's here's several things. The things that you mentioned, yes, those are all options, but I don't believe you want to put that kind of money in it. I certainly wouldn't. So right. what, I would, um, right. what I would suggest doing is, um, first of all, um, you know, move the big things out of the garage and then really clean all surfaces. Now, are there walls in there or is it just bare studs? There are walls. Okay. And I would, um, I mean, you don't have to clean every single square inch of it, but I would start off by basically just cleaning the walls and the um, the ceiling, um, you know, just with a damp mop or a sponge mop or something like that and just um, clean it with maybe an oxygen type bleach that, um, you know, is very easy to use. But then I would uh, I would attack that floor with a TSP, trisodium phosphate. You can buy it at any store and uh, follow the directions, mix it up right and just really scrub that floor really well. Um, any kind of fan will work. You know, just having a fan blowing across it to dry it all out. And then I would look at sealing that floor because that floor is a sponge. It's probably never been sealed, never been painted. That is where the real problem is. And go ahead, you can seal it with a clear sealer. You might really want to enhance it and look at some of the things that um, Deitch Coatings has, some of the floor finishing things. I did that on my um, garage floor. It's fantastic. 
and you can keep it clean. And the main thing is it seals it off so that the mold and the mildew um, cannot build up in there and to, you know, to uh, create that smell. Also, if you have cardboard boxes, they're also somewhat of a sponge in holding on to those type of odors. Replace those with some of the plastic totes, which you'll never have a problem with and will stack a lot better and that kind of thing. I believe if you do just those few simple things and also leave that garage door open as much as you can because fresh air is going to do more for it than anything else. But all of the other things as far as air exchanging or industrial fans, any of that, I don't believe you need to go quite that far. That is great news. I appreciate that. I've, I've got my notes here, and, yeah, we, we can definitely get things washed up and, and seal that flow with those coatings that you mentioned. I don't keep any cardboard boxes in there at all because I kind of figured that's just uh-huh. going to bring bugs and all that. But, yeah, I think, I think that looks like a great solution. Yeah, keep, keeping the door open helps, but, you know, there's always the HOA. They don't, they don't want you to let you do that too often. But, uh, but certainly if I'm working in there, I can do that. Thank you so much. That is really helpful. Well, good, good. Well, be, well, best of luck on it. You'll, you'll be so glad you did because well, garage is a is a place that people kind of underestimate a lot of times and just use it as a dumping ground. But it can be a pretty attractive area. And I mean, if you're driving in there every day, every morning, every afternoon, it'd be nice to have a nice, pleasant look in there. Well, right, and not have to smell that awful smell. That's right. yeah, I, I know it. I know it. I always feel like that's, that's kind of like terrible. It always feels like a cigarette smoke that stays with you in your clothes the whole yeah. time. So you're right. You're right. Well, good, Alice. So best of luck on um, your upcoming retirement and so forth, and uh, hope everything goes well for you. If you have any other questions, just let us know. Sure will. Thanks a lot, guys. Okay, our pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, keep keeping that air moving is really important. In fact, I assume there's probably a window in this garage somewhere. I would stick a fan in there blowing out. Absolutely. And just yeah. let it go. You know, you can turn it off at night, but during the day, just keep it going. Well, or, or put it on a little timer. You know, yeah, you can just you put go. on a little little timer so that it kicks on every now and then. And just any of that um, moving air is so important when you're trying to minimize um, that type of smell. I can't stand that. It's just like an old, yeah. unhealthy home when you walk into something like that. Yeah, especially in Florida where, you know, it stays pretty humid most of the year. And, and you're right, that concrete is, it's hard, but it's also porous. And, and I'm sure there's groundwater and moisture coming up through there and sealing it will certainly help. Hey, Joe, we got a simple solution coming up. Uh, Go ahead and give us just a little tease about it. Well, we're getting closer and closer to the holidays, and people might be inviting guests over for dinner or to celebrate the holidays, and they often use folding chairs. And, um, you know, they can damage the floor. So I have a quick tip on how to prevent that from happening. All right. That might have gotten your attention, and that'll be coming up right on the other side of this break. You're listening to today's Home on the Radio. We'll be right back. Today's homeowner is brought to you by Fluidmaster. Find out more at shop.fluidmaster.com. And welcome back to the show. Danny Lipford here along with my buddy Joe Truini. And we know what you've been waiting on. You've been waiting on the simple solution. Okay, Joe, it's all yours. All right. Thank you, Danny. Um, With the holidays coming, as I said earlier, you often have extra people at the house. And you can rent or borrow metal folding chairs. You know, they're lightweight and they're plenty strong enough and it's a pretty affordable way. You don't want to go out and buy heavy chairs. So you just get these folding chairs and use them over the holidays. And these typically have tubular 
metal legs, right? With a protective rubber cap on the bottom. But what happens over time is that metal cuts through the bottom of that rubber cap. And you might not even notice it because the cap looks like it's in place, but if you flip the chairs over and look at it, sometimes you can see the metal. And that metal will absolutely gouge and scratch up, especially wooden floors, but they can tear into vinyl and carpeting. So here's the simple solution. Pull off that cap and you can take a nickel. The nickel, as it turns out, a nickel is almost exactly the same size as the chair leg itself. And what you want to do is put it inside a new rubber cap and slide it on. So now you have a new rubber cap on the bottom of this metal leg. And you might say, well, if I'm replacing it with a new rubber cap, what do I need the nickel for? Well, what do you think is going to happen? It'll cut through the new rubber as well. But this nickel will prevent that from happening. So it only costs you, what is that, 20 cents a chair? <laughs> to, you know, put them on because you obviously you want to put it on all of them. Although it seems like the rear legs are the ones that always cut through. I guess that's where most of the weight is, right? Lean, and leaning back. Lean, leaning back yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, leaning back. So that's a simple solution. Get some nickels and, and put them in the, at the end of your chair legs. Boy, that makes a lot of sense. It seems like they would uh, recognize that and correct that with, you know, something. Well, it would cost you know, an extra you know. 20 cents if they came yeah, with nickels, right? <laughs> hey, Joe, one of the things I wanted to bring up, so many people are interested in the books that you put out. I mean, you had the fantastic um, ceramic book, tile book. You had the right. great shed book. You Use this as an opportunity to tell everybody more about the books and where they can get them. Oh, thank you. I've written, I think, eight different books. They're all for DIYers. And the last several I've written were for Taunton Press, which is a publisher here in Connecticut. A lot of people know them for their magazines, fine home building and fine woodworking and fine gardening and fine cooking. Um, but they also have a very large book division. And if you go to Taunton, I guess it's just taunton.com, you can find all the books. And I've written three shed building books for them, a and a, the tiling book. Um, and again, all for do-it-yourselfers. And they're available, you know, certainly they're available directly from the publisher, but you can get them, you know, online or at bookstores. You know, a lot of bookstores still carry them. And the thing about bookstores is if they don't have the book, you can just tell them what book you want and they can track it down and mm -hmm. get it for you. That's right. Um, I don't know if people realize that. And libraries carry them. And, and here in Connecticut, and I assume it's the same in most states, if you go to your local library and they don't have it, they can search the entire state all the libraries, How find that, that book, wow. find that book and get it to you the next day. So, you know, a lot of ways to get it. And, you know, I gear it specifically for do-it-yourselfers. So um, hopefully people can find these books if you're looking to build a shed or do some tiling. I, I wrote a lighting book and a flooring book. Um, so uh, thanks for the opportunity to, for me to bring it up, Danny. But, yeah, if anybody has any questions, they can always get in touch with me and uh, I'll be happy to answer them. You know, so many times you read books or you read things online and it's 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 somebody that's writing that's basing the information on people they've talked with or right, interviewed. Yeah. Nothing necessarily wrong with that. But when I'm looking for advice, I want the guy that's writing it to be the one that's actually done the work. And that's what you'll find with anything that Joe Truini has written, that uh, he's not going to put anything out there that's not exactly what he does and has proven successful over and over and over. So you can always Search uh, Joe Truini's books, and you'll be able to find where you can buy them. Amazon.com, I'm sure, has many of them. They and, do. Of yep. course, all, all of the publishers and things like that. Well, that's pretty much going to wrap up the show for this week. We always appreciate you so much spending some of your busy weekend with us. We know you got a lot of things that you can do, but we appreciate you spending some time with us here on today's Homeowner Radio. Danny Lipford, along with my buddy Joe Truini, our great producer, engineer, Scott Gardner, and Brad Rogers, and the whole Today's Homeowner family, hoping you have a fantastic weekend. We'll see you again next week.